Hey guys, Dr. Red, doing a new thing for you guys. This is uh, my first official uh, Spotify podcast, and I am actually pretty pumped. I think we're going to put it all over the place, but uh, more importantly, uh, we're going to find it on its way to YouTube and uh, Facebook and Instagram and all the other things just to kind of blow it out there. Uh, the purpose of this, again, is education, education, education. Um, and uh, today, in the purpose of education, I wanted to show you something completely and utterly nerdy about me. All right, listen, I'm gonna move the camera here a little bit. Check this out. This is something I've gotten into recently. These are rocks. I know, crazy, right? I'm into tumbling rocks. And I know that that is so super nerdy, but I'm so into it and I think it's so cool. And getting into rocks leads me to thinking about gallbladders. So I want to talk about gallbladders. So, gallbladders. What is it about gallbladders? that make it the number one surgery, at least general surgery, performed in this country. Um, that's interesting. It could be associated with uh, the significant uh, obesity rate in this country. It's certainly gone up. You got your, you know, four Fs, you know, over 40, female, fertile, uh, and then, of course, uh, feathers, which means uh, native Indians uh, typically uh, have a higher uh, preponderance of gallbladder disease in their families. So you could say it's that. Um, you could say that we're overdiagnosing it. Um, I will say uh, something that surgeons believe that maybe many other people don't, and that is um, gallstones don't mean surgery. And I think that that's super duper important because uh, just because you have gallstones does not mean you need surgery. I probably have gallstones and I still have my gallbladder uh, every day in and out. Um, okay, what else? Well, what pathology can you find in a gallbladder? Uh, you can find everything from stones, simple stones that don't mean anything, all the way to cancers, right? So you can actually have a gallbladder cancer and, and that would be a very significant cancer, typically because it's found late, because you, you just don't have a lot of symptoms till it's, till it's pretty late in the game. Having said that, let's talk about the top reasons someone might end up in the emergency room for a gallbladder, right? And then I'm gonna change gears and talk a little bit about why somebody might see me in the clinic with what's called chronic cholecystitis. All right, so first off, a little Latin, chole or cholecystitis, meaning gallbladder or biliary tract, and itis, meaning inflammation or infection. So cholecystitis is a form of gallbladder infection or inflammation. All right, why would this happen? Well, you can imagine that the gallbladder is a bag, right? And this bag has uh, stones in it. It's, it's like your marble bag from back in the day, right? You stored all your best marbles that you were going to go, you know, play marbles with your buddies with. Well, if you squeezed that bag from the back and all of the marbles get pushed forward, but you didn't open the purse string in the front, right? You still kept it small. You can imagine those marbles will just get lodged in there. 
And that is exceptionally painful. So when we talk about gallbladder pain and it just dropping you to your knees, that is a very, 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 very real thing. Okay, so what's that got to do with needing your gallbladder taken out, right? Your gallbladder stops squeezing and pain goes away. So that's our first definition that is called biliary colic. So biliary colic, colic as you guys know, colicky, you know, pain and, and you know, I don't feel good. I got some belly pain. So biliary is the cause, your, your, your biliary system, your gallbladder, gallstones, you know, bile ducts, and colic is the pain. All right, so let's move to the next one. The next one would be if stones got stuck on the way out and remained stuck and they're blocking bile from getting out. Well, that can very quickly turn into acute cholecystitis, right? If bile is not flowing, flowing like a river, well, then it turns into a pond. And just like a pond, ponds collect muck. What is muck? Well, it's bacterial and algae overgrowth. So the same thing happens here. Bacteria can overgrow, and you get an infected gallbladder, and that would not be good. Um, Okay, well, what else? Um, Well, you have chronic cholecystitis, where we talked about typically I'm going to see you in the clinic, and that happens where you have this kind of ongoing dysfunction of your gallbladder. Like it just doesn't work properly. It doesn't squeeze well. Stones are constantly kind of getting stuck in there, but it's not stuck enough to like cause a massive infection, but it just keeps happening. Um, Chronic things like calluses take time. You don't just get those acutely. You have to actually build those in the gym or, or roughen your hands up. So that could end you up in in surgery to have your gallbladder removed. And then one of the last kind of big things is what if one of those marbles or a couple of those marbles, if they're small enough, what if they sneak out of the gallbladder and into the pipes that lead to the bowel, right? Because the gallbladder, its whole purpose is to store bile that was made by your liver, squeeze down when you need it, when you eat something, especially something fatty, and eject bile out of the gallbladder through the common bile duct, which are just pipes, it's all just plumbing, and into your small bowel. And it helps digest food. That's what it does. It's bile salts. It's good stuff. However, if a stone escapes also and gets stuck in that pipe, boy, that'll drop you to your knees. That is called cholidocolithiasis, meaning common bile duct or those pipes. Stones are stuck in there, and it is inflamed, angry, and it is a big problem. So let's talk about what we would do in each one of these situations. Typically, if you come to an emergency room and you're in horrible pain, and what would that normally be like? Well, usually usually it comes after eating a meal, typically a fatty meal, right? Because that inspires your gallbladder to squeeze and eject this bile. And within 20 minutes typically of, of this meal, and even up to two hours, you will start to get excruciating abdominal pain. Now again, all of these are typical. I'm going to tell you all the symptoms, and then again, it, it never follows the book, right? Never. So typically what you'll see is um, the patient eats 20 minutes to two hours later, they just start getting this right upper quadrant pain, kind of like right under your rib cage, right here on the right side. So if you see it's right there, it's right on that rib, and if you pushed on it, boy, you'd want to jump off the table, and that, that would kind of be miserable. Uh, we call that a Murphy's sign. It's named after Dr. Murphy. And, uh, and that's when you actually are pushing on the abdomen and tell them to take a breath. And it hurts so bad that they actually stop <gasps> mid-breath 
and they just don't want to inhale anymore because it would just hurt too bad because the diaphragm pushes the gallbladder closer to your hand, which hurts worse. Okay, so that pain can last uh, until the gallbladder just kind of stops squeezing. It is a muscle when it lets up, right? Or it doesn't go away. And in that case, you need to go to the emergency room immediately because you can get pretty sick pretty fast. All right, what else would come? Well, maybe if you have chronic cholecystitis, like this is just kind of this light version of this been going on for a long time, you could get belching. Your belly would be maybe bloater, uh, bloater, bloater, that's cute, it's not a word. How about bloated, more bloated than usual. Um, if bile is helping you digest fatty foods and those aren't being digested, you might have looser stools. Uh, believe it or not, stinkier stools, believe it or not, because that fat's not being digested and that just absolutely stinks. Um, other funny things are clay-colored stools. You lose kind of that color because it has no bilirubin in it. And other things would be um, floating stool because the fat isn't being digested and it's in your stool and that causes the stool to float. You could get all the way to nausea, vomiting. You can even get a fever if your gallbladder is really angry and getting infected. But these are typically the signs. The only other things I can really think of is that sometimes that pain goes from that right upper quadrant straight through to your back. Um, some people say near the spine. I typically find that it's by the scapula, just underneath the scapula, or even in that right shoulder, shoulder blade. Um, and, and that's called referred pain. So that, that's pain that's you know just kind of traveling up the diaphragm uh, and the nerves that innervate the diaphragm because the gallbladder is right there next to the diaphragm. So when, it, when it's angry, all the neighbors are angry. So that is the typical presentation of what we call acute cholecystitis or even biliary colic. Just this horrible pain, doesn't let up, and then you know, it can just kind of, as fast as it came, it can go away. Uh, but if the infection ensues, that's acute cholecystitis, and if it's kind of this chronic lightweight thing, then it's kind of just going on forever. That's uh, chronic cholecystitis. There's one more little guy to mention here, and that is the most difficult to diagnose. And speaking of which, how would you get diagnosed with a gallbladder problem? Well, you would go to the emergency room or your primary care physician, and they would typically send you for an ultrasound. It doesn't really have any radiation. It's a fairly benign test, pretty easy to do. Uh, and it usually gives us a great picture. And they're looking at using ultrasound to look in your abdomen and look for stones in your gallbladder or a thickened wall of your gallbladder because, well, just like when you build calluses from a repeated trauma, well, your gallbladder, if it has repeated trauma, it's gonna have a thick, angry wall. They're looking for fluid around your gallbladder. It's called pericholecystic fluid. Um, why would that happen? Well, I mean, same reason you sprain your ankle. What happens? Well, it swells up nice and big. And, and when it gets big, it's, it's edema and it's swelling and it's fluid. And that fluid, if your gallbladder is angry and upset, well, the same fluid and the same edema surrounds your gallbladder. So again, all of these things can be seen on ultrasound. Uh, they can even see those pipes we we're talking about, see if maybe there's a stone stuck in there. If that doesn't work, sometimes you'll get a CT scan. Uh, CT scans are okay at this. They're not the best. I think that ultrasounds are actually better. Uh, or you can get a HIDA scan. A HIDA scan is HIDA if you want to look it up. It actually gives you a, a radio tracer. So they inject you with an IV of this stuff called technetium that is taken up in the liver. And then that is put into bile and that bile goes down the pipes and collects in the gallbladder. Then they give you another shot of a hormone called CCK or cholecystokinin. It's the same hormone that's released 
if you had just eaten a big you know piece of pizza or, or, or hamburger and that hormone causes your gallbladder to squeeze down and once it squeezes down that's when you're going to get the pain so we can reconstitute that whole situation in the laboratory per se as a test called a HIDA scan and we can actually take a picture of the whole thing and then the elusive last diagnosis biliary dyskinesia or biliary dyskinesia what does that mean biliary gallbladder tract lean bile tracts dyskinesia meaning not moving so the problem with that is if your gallbladder stops working and how does that happen nobody knows it's typically after an illness maybe stress trauma car accidents any of these things can do it or it just happens over age and what you'll find is that you'll get, you'll have this horrible right upper quadrant pain you'll be nauseated belching bloated belly and nobody can make a diagnosis and they're all saying man what's going on that that's ridiculous i i don't you know i i would have sworn this was your gallbladder your primary care say that um what they can do is send you for a hydra skin so that hydra skin is going to take a picture and in theory if your gallbladder is not working it will measure the ejection fraction just like when an echocardiogram measures the ejection of your heart it can show the ejection fraction of your gallbladder anything under 35 percent so let's just say it fills up with 100 milliliters of bile and we give that medicine that causes it to squeeze and only 30 cc's comes out that is a 30 percent ejection fraction if that's the case anything under 35 is considered um, not so fantastic and of course the lower it is the more positive it is saying your, your gallbladder just doesn't work and that's okay it's nothing that you did but it will likely need to come out because the likelihood is that it's not going to get better it is unusual for it to, to improve uh, unless you're just acutely acutely ill and then potentially it can come back online and, and start working again um, that can cause all the symptoms but none of the radiographic or you know CT scan ultrasound imaging associated with a bad gallbladder right not even in your labs your your liver enzymes are not elevated your alkaline phosphatase isn't elevated your bilirubin is not elevated it can really throw people off so if you're out there and you're struggling and you kind of got some of these symptoms we talked about potentially if you've had an ultrasound you know, I think that's the place to start uh, maybe ask for a HIDA scan. Ask your primary care physician or surgeon for a HIDA scan because I think that will elucidate gallbladder problems 95% of the time, especially if you're everybody's stumped. So just keep that in mind. I think it's a super important uh, piece of advice. Um, the only other thing I would tell you about with respect to gallbladders is how do we take them out when they go bad? And do you miss them? Well, it depends. If your gallbladder hasn't been functioning properly, or let's say it has a 10% ejection fraction, it's been like that for months, well, you won't miss it at all. In fact, you'll be happy it's gone. But if one day it was working at 95% and it was helping you digest food and do all those things, and then all of a sudden a stone gets stuck in the wrong place, the next morning you're in surgery, gallbladder's out, you're going to miss that. Yesterday it was working at 95%. Today you don't have one. Your body will compensate for that. It can take anywhere from two weeks to two months, but you will have, again, 
just like if you didn't have a gallbladder. You're going to have some belching and some reflux and maybe some diarrhea and, and even a little bit of right upper quadrant pain. And that's very normal. Your body is, thank God, biological. And biological systems can compensate. So the ducts, the pipes themselves will get bigger to accommodate more bile and your body will, uh, will compensate and overcome it. From a surgical standpoint, what do we do? Well, typically these, these surgeries are done laparoscopically or robotically these days. Um, I think most people are still doing laparoscopic, but either way, it's, it's basically the same thing. So through three or four small holes, uh, three of them, I do them for four holes, three of them are five millimeters or less, they're tiny, and they cause really no pain and hardly any scar. And then one's a little bigger just because I gotta get the gallbladder out from somewhere, so that's about 12 millimeters. And from that standpoint, we go in laparoscopically. We can isolate the gallbladder, remove it uh, safely, and take it on out. And you feel much better. It's usually done as an outpatient. You can go home that day. If you're in the hospital, you might stay overnight just to make sure you're feeling better the next day and you can get out of there. Um, there are times, there are definitely times. For me, it's probably twice a year. I run into uh, a gallbladder that is so sick and so ill because it's gangrenous or it's associated with a cancer or something, and I cannot do it laparoscopically. Well, thankfully, uh, I'm close, getting closer to 50 than I am 40. Um, so when I trained, I did train with a bunch of amazing general surgeons uh, that taught me how to do open gallbladders, which seems like uh, you know almost a thing of the past, but I'll tell you. I am very, very, very happy uh, that I learned how to do one because, uh, boy, I tell you what, if I was a resident today and I'd hardly ever seen one, one or two in my entire residency, I think I'd be, um, I think I'd, I'd, I'd be a little intimidated. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's a big whack. It goes through a lot of muscle, um, but once you do a few, uh, open gallbladders are, are tough, but they're very rewarding, and um, the patients, you know, even though they got a, a big incision on their belly. Um, they're usually very happy when it's out because it was causing them such misery. And you'll recover just fine from that. It's not a big deal, but you'll hang out in the hospital for a couple days. Um, I, think that's, I think that's it. And uh, I'm super happy to talk about any uh, subjects you guys want to. Again, uh, I'm Dr. Rad, uh, short for Dr. Radicky. I am a general and uh, bariatric surgeon. I did a fellowship in bariatrics and minimally invasive surgery. Uh, and I'm just spreading uh, some knowledge. So if you think uh, some people could benefit from this talk, please pass it on, share, 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 and uh, subscribe to the pages and like my Facebook stuff. We'll keep rocking and rolling. You guys have a blessed and rock star day. Stay brave, stay bold, stay rad. Keep rocking.